Hello everyone and welcome back to Quick Save here on UMKC's student radio station KRU. I'm your host Brent Landreth. And yes, this is in fact the final episode of Quick Save. Um, after today, I am officially done with school. This is my last school day here, actually. I'm just turning in a final, running this show, and then getting on out of here. So, um, uh, yeah, this is episode 23 of Quick Save, this show that has been running for about six months or so. Uh, if you have any desire to go back and listen to the previous episodes, they're up on podcast services, I think, quite literally, if you just look up Quick Save on most. Uh, let me pull up that list real quick. I have a, I a list right in front of me of where this place is available. Uh, Quick Save is available, uh, first off, it is available on Anchor, if you use that to listen to podcasts. Uh, nine platforms, let's see. Anchor, obviously, Apple Podcasts, so you can search the iTunes Store, CastBox, Breaker, Google Podcasts, I believe that is the Google Play app, Pocket Casts, Radio Public, Stitcher, and Spotify. Um, it should also work if, for example, on Android, whenever I listen to podcasts, I use something called Podcast Addict. Uh, let me... Did I add a podcast? I haven't done this in a while. Let me... Because what I believe this one does is that, um, quick save. Yep, okay, so this right here, it's going to query some stuff. I believe what Podcast Addict does, it, um, searches multiple, uh, hmm, I didn't find it, let me see. I think you can just use the iTunes search engine is what you can use and then I think this thing can query iTunes yep there it is yeah you you can totally just like pull iTunes episodes yep and there they are they are all in fact on there so if you ever want to go back and listen to these um or if for some reason you have found these on a podcast service after the fact, hello, hi. So yes, final episode of Quick Save. This episode will be a bit longer than a normal episode. We're going to go longer than an hour today. I mean, because obviously this is the final episode. Let's go ahead and, you know, get a little crazy. And crazy, I mean, just go over time. Like, why not, you know? Who cares? Okay, so... I've been playing some games recently. Let's talk about them. Uh, so, um, I talked about modding my PS2 last episode, and it's done. I have everything inserted. Um, uh, the hard drive adapter I bought, it's like Chinese manufactured that can fit a SATA hard drive, uh, works perfectly. It's great. It reads my hard drive. Read speeds are fantastic. In some cases, uh, it loads faster than the disc would. And uh, the memory card that I bought, turns out I didn't need the memory card. Um, however, uh, I can easily just take it out. Um, the memory card has newer versions of all of the programs that I have. I should probably go through and update those. At least the ones on the hard drive, that would make sense. Um, yeah, I have a bunch of games on there. I spent like four hours building a database for all of my games. 
uh, just, it's, oh man, it took, it took so long, you have no idea. But yeah, I went through, I did that, and it all seems to work great. Um, yeah, it's really fantastic. Just, yeah, really great. Um, a lot of games support virtual memory cards, so they save to the hard drive, which is real cool. I like that. Um, if at any point I need to copy a memory card over, I can actually mount the virtual memory card uh, that's in it, and then hey, I can just I can just kind of do that. It it works great. It's a really fantastic little thing. Yeah, it was also super easy and. I just have a bunch of games on there. I haven't played too many. I played God Hand. Thankfully, God Hand runs perfectly. Some games, there's like a compatibility list, and people are very bad about updating it, and so I encountered some issues running the PS2 game Gungrave. Uh, there's some really bad audio crackling. But luckily, I think most will work. Um, I could probably even play burned PS2 games on like a disc or something if it doesn't quite work reading from the hard drive. So it's not too bad. So yeah, that's my hard drive escapades. Works really great. I'm glad I did it, especially since, uh, you know, I don't know how long the PS2 laser disc reader is going to work. You, uh, you really don't because uh, uh, I ran into some issues back in like 2010 with it. Yeah, cool, so that's all done. Uh, then some games came in. It is Persona 3 Dancing in Moonlight and Persona 5 Dancing in Starlight. I got these two games as a combo package on Amazon. There's like a special edition. They come in like an art book case. Um, and that goes for $100, and you get a digital code for like a little bit of DLC. And Persona 4 Dancing All Night, which was a Vita game, uh, digital code for the PS4. And... I got it for a price error down from 100 down to 60 so it's like I'm paying $20 for each game, which I think that's a pretty good deal. But, um, yeah, the games are good, I would say. Uh, it took me a bit to kind of get back into them. First off, they're very similar. It's like, this one has the Persona 3 cast and aesthetic and songs. This one has the Persona 5 cast, aesthetic, and songs, you know, and it's, they're very similar. Uh, similar. They don't have big story modes. It's uh, you just complete in-game challenges, and then each character has like five little story events. Um, then at the end, you can like explore their room and stuff. I haven't seen that. So you can kind of like see their living space, and like you can kind of it, it's you kind of get a feel for their personality because I think that um, the whole idea of you can really tell a lot about someone if you see their room. I think that's kind of an interesting idea. Uh, the rhythm gameplay took me a little bit to get back into because I'm just not f overly familiar with the Persona dancing formula because essentially you use up, left, and down on the D-pad, triangle, circle, and X on the face buttons. Uh, notes come out of the center to the edge, and then you also have to use uh, something called scratch notes, just like a big circle that kind of goes from the center out to the edge, and you do those by flicking the analog stick or using a an option in the menu to uh, change that to L1 and R1. Uh, just took me a little bit to get back into it. I'm really starting to get back into the groove. Those games are really fun. They have really great music. I'm actually going to play some of the music for the break. And, uh, yeah, like, they're pretty cool. Um, this, in terms of unlockables, you have, like, character outfits and accessories and stuff, and that's about it. Um, and kind of my biggest problem with both games is that they're very bare bones. Uh, if I did not get 
them on such a steep discount thanks to the price error, I would say this package is kind of a ripoff. And that sucks because I really do like them. Like, it's cool seeing the Persona 3 cast again. I beat that game uh, six years ago, back in 2012. Hard to believe that's been six years, back when I was in high school. And uh, I love that game a whole lot. I, you know, I love it to bits. It's such a good game. And just seeing the cast again is great. And hearing that music again, like, oh, remix and stuff is really cool. Persona 5 cast, I don't have as much nostalgia for, but I still really like them because I beat the game last year. And yeah, it's great. Like, it's such a, like, there's such cool games, but man, it is so hard to, like, justify the purchase because of how expensive they are. And then you look at the DLC plan coming up, and DLC plan looks kind of scummy, and, uh, man, it sucks because these are legitimately really good rhythm games, and I'm glad that I get to play them. They're cool. Yeah, um, so that's about it for the Persona Dancing impressions. Uh, re- really solid two games. If you like those casts and the music, I think it would probably be worth it if you're a fan. However, if um, the whole idea of paying like 60 bucks for each game or 100 bucks for both, along with you get the Persona 4 Dancing game, um, if that isn't appealing to you, then you're probably okay skipping out on this one yeah so uh we're gonna go to a quick break here over the break i'm gonna be playing uh two remixes from the persona dancing games one from each uh from persona 3 dancing in moonlight is a deep mentality lotus juice remix lotus juice is one of the uh he is the rapper that works on the persona 3 soundtrack and then Last Surprise, Jazztronic Remix. Not familiar with Jazztronic, uh, but Last Surprise is the battle theme in Persona 5, and A Deep Mentality is one of the dungeon themes for Persona 3. So, we'll see you then.
your next move's the right one for you. Are you sure you won't get out maneuvered again, again, my friend? You'll never see it. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Quick Safe here on UMKC's student radio station, KRU. I'm your host, Brett Landreth. And kind of chugging along here through the final episode. Um, so Persona 3 and 5 Dancing are not the only games that came out. You know, uh, the other game that came out, it is the big one. The one that I think a lot of people have been waiting for. Super Smash Bros. Ultimate. It is here. The Ultimate Super Smash Bros. And let me tell you, I went to the midnight launch, I played it for about three hours after that, and just played it some more the next day. It is a very good game. I would dare say it is the ultimate Smash Brothers game. Oh, look, the title, yeah. And it's great, like, it's such a fantastic little package, so... It's more than just a port of Smash 4, like, it definitely kind of, like, feels like they were working off as like smash four as a base but i mean that totally makes sense as as to like why you would do that you know and it's just oh man it is such a good game so uh i'll I'll talk about kind of my first experience with it is that um you still have to unlock the characters while the game does in fact have 74 characters and that's including the three me fighters um, yeah, while it does have 74 characters, uh, it's, uh, you start out with eight whenever you get the game, and you just have to grind out getting all the characters, like, that's, that's all you can do. It is very tedious and kind of annoying to do that, uh, they, it is very generous, like, after the first battle, like, you're already fighting someone, but then the game has, like, an in-game timer of ten minutes, where it's like, okay, we're going to stop you from unlocking a character for 10 minutes. And well, it's like, well, I can just close the game out and open it back up and immediately get in and go get another one, which is what I did. I unlocked a majority of them. Uh, I want to say I unlocked like 60 of them. Or I had a total of 60. I unlocked 52 of them in those three hours. And then I went through and did it some more. Uh, I mainly did the uh, uh, that unlock trick, just close it and open it back up in order to uh, in order to get them. I got a couple through classic mode, uh, one of the single player events. I'll talk about that here in a bit. Uh, yeah, um, but I unlocked all of them, and then me and some friends played some multiplayer matches. That game plays fantastic. It feels like it plays a lot faster than Super Smash Brothers Four. Uh, Four was on the Wii U and 3DS. Definitely feels like it plays better than that, and then. Uh, yeah, just, like, it's a ton of fun. It's, I am having so much, 
fun with this game. Like, it's such a good multiplayer game. And the gameplay feels really good. And, like, having this, like, massive cast of 74 characters, every single person that has ever been in a Smash Brothers game along with some new characters, it's great. You know, we have a total of a hundred and... Is it 105 stages or 106? Something like that. Just a crazy amount of content right there. And just, oh, the battle mechanics feel so good. But I think what this game does better than Super Smash Bros. 4 is that now if you remember Smash 4, go back and remember that game. That game felt like, hey, you're buying this for the multiplayer. You're not buying this for anything else. Like, that's it. Because the single-player content in Smash 4 was abysmal. It is so bare bones and like not well thought out like classic mode is just fighting a bunch of random characters and it, i don't know it just felt like they only put focus on the multiplayer aspect and that's it and it it's really unfortunate however smash ultimate is like hey man we got all of this single player content you know it's like they were all they were just saving it for the next one and so um there's a bit of single-player content. There is classic mode where you go through a... Every single character has a round of like... Oh, how many is it? It's like five to six stages, a quick bonus stage, and then a boss. Right? And then you do that stuff, and you can unlock a character from that, and you can select your intensity and everything, and just... It is... It's like a, you know, it's like a fun classic mode. It's it's something that's been in, like, all of the Smash Brothers games. But now every single person has a unique classic mode that kind of fits a theme a little bit. Sometimes the themes are, like, a little loose. Like, the one for Shulk from Xenoblade Chronicles is like, okay, so, uh, uh the characters that you're going to be fighting uh, directly relate to... Um, his Monado abilities, so like Falco is jump, Sonic is speed, King, uh, Giant King K. Rool is shield, Cloud is buster, Little Mac is smash, and then Mega Man is like a machine robot, kind of referencing the story, I guess. It's, it's stuff like that. It's not, it's not like too, like, crazy in-depth in of a story mode, I guess, but then you get into the spirits mode, and basically this game has over 1200 spirits in it these are basically characters that have been in a nintendo game at some point it's like a little image of them and each one has different properties like oh this one will uh prevent you from taking fall damage no, 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 fall damage is anything it's like it stops you from getting electrocuted or from going to falling asleep or increases your attack power and you can't fight with these spirits uh in in the uh, multiplayer mode, I think you can maybe turn on that, actually, now that I think about it. Uh, however, you can use them in uh, spirit battles, which is just, like, every five minutes you have, like, a list of spirits that you can battle. Just go in and fight them, and you can try to win their spirit. Or you can use it in World of Light, the game's quote-unquote story mode. It opens up with this big CG cutscene. Uh, I believe we talked about it before. Of all the characters dying except for Kirby. And then Kirby has to go through and uh, break free their souls, basically. Because uh, their bodies are being possessed by spirits. And it's like this whole... It's like there's this world map and you go around and you fight spirits. 
you know, it's like a, oh, this spirit is possessing this character, and now, like, the battle has special conditions relating to the character possessing them. So, basically, you can have, like, it's like rabid Mario, right? Because, like, then Mario has the rabbit, the bunny hood, which is a smash item, and the cannon for his weapon. Like, okay, that's Mario from the rabbit games. And, like, it's just, like, kind of, like, small little battles like that. It's nothing too big, and it's it's just really cool. Like, I think it's a really smart way to do that. And it, it's a cool, like, contextualized way to do some of that single-player content. And it, it's just a really well-put-together mode. I'm really impressed with it. Uh, I haven't gotten through it too much so far, but there's also, like, there's, like, a skill tree you can go through and, like, buy skills and stuff for the World of Light mode as you unlock characters. You can't bring your unlocked characters that you unlocked in the main game into there. You kind of have to unlock them separately. And it's a cool, like, little single-player mode, and it's like, man, you guys finally have a really good single-player mode in a Smash game again. Ever since uh, Brawl. Brawl had a pretty good single-player mode, from what I remember. Uh, the Subspace Emissary and Classic mode, I think? And yeah, just, like, it's just a really solid package... Man, Smash Ultimate is so good. Uh, the online stuff is kind of... It's okay. Smash Ultimate's online stuff is okay. Um, there's no way to set... Like, you can't go into an online match to set rules because... it tr You can set your preferred rules and you tr it tries to match you up with people that have your preferred rule set, but... A lot of the times you kind of don't end up in that, and that's kind of whatever. And there, I've had laggy matches, and if you fight with anyone outside your country, it's going to be kind of bad. And, you know, we're paying for this online service. It should be better than what it is. Oh, well. Yeah, so that's Smash Ultimate. Um, Such a fantastic game, such a fantastic kind of... Probably the last game I'm going to be buying in 2018. That is until I get Christmas money and stuff. Um, and then I guess another quick update, unfortunately, I'm not going to be able to talk about this because, uh, you know, this is the last show. Um, uh, I already had a Christmas thing with, um, some of my step family and I had some trade in credit from my new phone. I decided to get a new office chair, but it's one of these, uh, gaming chairs, uh, the ones that look really obnoxious, that have, like, the head pillow and, like, the lumbar support and stuff, they look kind of dumb. But I saw this, and I'm like, man, this chair is $190, and I have enough money from, like, these Christmas gifts and this other thing to get it. I think I'm just going to go ahead and get one. You know, I'm I'm sitting in this really crappy office chair right now. It's not great. It... I think, I straight up think it is hurting my back. I think it is giving me bad back issues, and that's bad. I don't like that. Um, yeah, it's a GT racing chair. It is, I got that really heavy-duty one, because I'm like, I don't want this thing breaking on me. Uh, it has a metal base. It also has built-in Bluetooth speakers that I don't think I will ever use. There's no need for that. But yeah, I won't be able to review that or anything, but uh, that's coming in the mail, and it looks pretty good. Yep, so I think we're going to go ahead and go to a second break here of the show. Uh, over the break, I'm going to be playing... <clears throat> uh, the main theme of Super Smash Bros. Ultimate It is called Life Light. 
it's pretty good, so we'll see you then. Quick save here on UMKC's student radio station, KRU. I am your host, Brent Landreth. You just heard Life Light, the main theme of Super Smash Brothers Ultimate. 
It's a pretty good song. Pretty good song. Oop. Um, so I would like to uh, kind of get into the news. We have a lot of news to talk about today because two kind of big gaming conferences just happened. So I had to pull it up here. Um, yeah, we're going to get into the Game Awards announcements and the Kind of Funny Games Showcase announcements. But I think before that, let's go ahead and start off with some lighter stories. Kind of get, you know, and kind of save all the announcements for the end. So, um, it's been reported that uh, cops got called for a noise complaint. And they found the people inside playing Smash Brothers Ultimate and they decided to join in on the fun. A little bit of fun here. A uh, Reddit user, uh, B-Boy Jovi, shared an interesting story. He basically showed a video of, like, him sitting there and like the cops are playing smash brothers I, I think that's kind of funny um yeah but the neighbor who made that complaint didn't like it one bit and let's see uh here another bit of news um yeah that was kind of a little light news story is all right nino kuni nino kuni 2 came out this year i've only played the first one on um, PS3. It was this RPG made by Level 5, the makers of, like, Professor Layton, Rogue Legacy, not Rogue Legacy, Rogue Galaxy, the PlayStation 2 game. And, uh, apparently there was a DS version of Nino Kuni. I had no idea about that. Uh, which, it is agreed by most, most people who have played it that, hey, um... Uh, it is a much better version, and a f uh, it never came out in English, but a fan translation has been released after four years of work. Like, incredible. And the reason why it never came out is because the game uh, in Japan came with a massive 352-page tome that was required to play the game. And these people went through and translated the entirety of that tome and have released it as a PDF file, as long with giving out a uh, uh, a translation patch file. Like, oh man, they've been working over with it for over four years because it says the project started before 2014. Holy crap! Yeah, it's insane. Go check out the thread on gbatemp.net and get a look at that. That is really interesting. Uh, kind of coming off of that now is uh, Sakurai. The uh, you know he's behind Smash Brothers and uh, Kirby. He's uh, Sakurai on how Kirby's spotlight in Smash Ultimate's World of Light is a total coincidence, even though the uh, title World of Light. In Japanese, is uh, if you read it backwards, it's like Hoshio no Kirby or something. And uh, Sakurai said that the reason why Kirby was the only one to survive is because of his warp star. And really, like you know, it's like it's a, this is a fun like little story, but um, uh, you know, like Sakurai, we know that. Uh, like we know that you really like Kirby, and like you know he's kind of, he's almost like a child to you. Uh, you probably, if we're being honest, like I don't think that's a coincidence. 
Another quick news story, uh, Treasure might be releasing Radiant Silver Gun on the Switch. Radiant Silver Gun was a, uh, a one of their shmups, shoot-em-ups, um, probably one of its most well-known ones, and the Twitter account said that it was planned to release alongside Ikaruga for the Switch back in May, but plans changed. Uh, the game looks really cool, like if you're a fan of Treasure Shooters, then yeah, like that... Yeah, that might be something to like look out for. Um, and the final Kirby Star Allies update is out. And uh, basically more playable characters, I believe. Oh, let's see, hold on. Yeah, Kirby Star Allies going out with a bang in addition to Susie Taranza. Magalore and the Three Mage Sisters, the recent Wave 3 update also provides a new mode, Heroes in Another Dimension, which you need to clear the campaign to access. It's basically another set of levels with friend hearts to collect alongside a gimmick where Kirby plays every dream friend read DLC released so far. Yeah, they've really been putting a lot of support into uh, this Kirby game, which I played earlier in the year, and it was pretty good. Really great stuff. Okay, that's some lighter news stories um, let's go ahead and get into, I guess, kind of like the main chunk here. Um, let's start off with the smaller one, the Kind of Funny Game Showcase. Uh, the Kind of Funny Game Showcase for 2018, I would highly recommend going to look this up if you want to look at specifics. They went through, they showed off 69 games in the its one-hour runtime. It's a ton of... Uh, it is, yeah, it is a ton of, like, release dates for indie games. You know, stuff like Super Meat Boy Forever, uh, Y2K, At Sundown, After Charge, Cho Toe Jam and Earl, Back in Groove, Quarantine Circular, Moving Out, Golf Blitz, Motorball, Conan Unconquered. Uh, it is an, it's, like I said, this is an absolutely massive list of announcements that I would just recommend looking up on your own to take a look at. Uh, there, we can't sit here and go through everything, but, um, yeah, so let's see, that was, uh, showcase announcements, some more stuff, that, that was, like, all the release dates, and then we got, like, a bunch of smaller stuff, uh, um, they kind of ended it with two big announcements. Uh, like I said, there was just a ton of indie games announced here. And really, like, the thing with indie games, they don't really carry a lot of weight just by saying the title. I would really recommend watching the video itself to kind of, like, look at all of the gameplay and stuff. <coughs> uh, however, they ended it with two big announcements. Uh, the Walking Dead, the final season, episode 3, is going to be coming out on January 15th, 2019, because they finally found enough people to help get back in supporting that game and really kind of get it out there. That's kind of cool. Um, good for them on getting it out there. It uh, doesn't look like this money's going to go to Telltale, so feel free to buy it and pay for it and stuff. I mean, those are the two, those are the, two are the same thing. Um, and then Sega gave us a an announcement... You remember I've talked about Project Judge, the kind of weird uh, spinoff to the Yakuza series being made by the same team. It is coming out in America as Judgment without the E in the middle. So J-U-D-G-M-E-N-T. 
uh, and they announced a localization. It's coming out next summer, and it is getting a dub, like a full English dub, and it sounds really solid so far. It's also going to have the Japanese dub, and it's going to have... This is insane. I haven't seen any other game do this. Uh, it's going to have two, count them, two sets of subtitles. And the reason why that's important is because uh, the game, um, because uh, what that allows them to do is that uh, you'll have a set of subtitles for the dub, so, you know, like, it might be a little bit more editorialized, a little bit uh, kind of... Because, like, the voice actors end up ad-libbing whenever they kind of go through a script as they get more familiar with stuff. And then you're going to have a more direct translation for subtitles if you're playing it with the Japanese dub. And it is... That's, like, an insane amount of dedication for it. Uh, They are just really... uh, Sega and their localization team for these games is just really, like giving it their all for this stuff. It's it's really cool to see. So, hey, I think we're going to take another break here on Quick Save here on UMKC Student Radio Station KRU. Um, whenever we come back, I'm going to be talking about the Game Awards. That's right, the Game Awards happened. A lot of stuff came out of them, and we got a couple more announcements before we get into the kind of finale of our show. So we'll see you then.
Hello everyone and welcome back to Quick Save here on UMKC's student radio station KRU. I am your host Brent Landreth. So we need to talk about the Game Awards. Uh, the Game Awards happened. A lot of stuff happened at them. Um, I'm not gonna. Uh, I don't know if I'm gonna go over the awards. However, we can. Yeah, actually, yeah, I'll go ahead and go over the awards too. But here are the announcements that happened at the Game Awards. First off, Marvel Ultimate Alliance three. Kind of an out-of-left-field game. Uh, it's called The Black Order. It is a releasing in 2019 exclusively to the Nintendo Switch. Uh, I have friends who are into Marvel, Marvel Ultimate Alliance. They seem to really like it. They were pretty excited for this. That's cool that this is coming out. Uh, Ultimate Alliance 1 and 2, those were PS3 games? 360 games, I think? And yeah, this is coming exclusively to the Switch. That is such a... Uh, that is such a strange, like, what? Why is it exclusive to the Switch? Uh, I'm, eh, whatever. Who knows? Maybe Nintendo's offering some money. Next is a game called Journey to the Savage Planet. Uh, it is from uh, former Far Cry devs. Uh, they also worked on Assassin's Creed and Batman: Arkham Asylum. Uh, it's an upbeat adventure game that has like exploration of a hostile alien planet with little to no resources. Yeah, the developers say it is purely an adventure game, so not 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 not, not much known is about it. Uh, the Stanley Parable game that released a couple years ago, actually I can tell you five years ago, uh, is coming to consoles in 2019 called the Stanley Parable Ultra Deluxe. And it's gonna come with more content. Okay, sure. Yeah, that that seems like a smart answer. Uh, Stanley Parable is a cool game. It's good for like one playthrough, but uh, I think it's a really interesting game. Um, next is Far Cry New Dawn. It is a sequel of sorts to Far Cry Five. Uh, it's set after the game's alternate ending of Post Apocalypse. I don't have much interest in Far Cry, but yeah, sure, I guess. Uh, I don't know, I think it looks kind of bland. Hades is the next game from the tr developers of Transistor and Bastion. Supergiant Games was revealed during the Game Awards, and it is up right now in early access on the Epic Games Store. That's right, Epic Games has launched their own store platform uh, to compete with Steam, and they're doing something cool with it. They're giving an 88-12 split. Basically, developers are getting 88% of their ad revenue. Uh, Epic is getting 12%. And it's just and like uh, if you're using Unreal Engine, uh, the Unreal Engine, normally there's a 5%. Uh, you're supposed to give 5% of your profits to uh, to Epic, but um, it's been announced that hey, if you if you uh, use Unreal Engine to build your game, you put this on the Epic Game Store, like we'll waive that fee for you. That's really cool. Um, the game looks interesting. It is a, it's a presented from the top-down perspective, like Bastion and Transistor, and it, I think it's a roguelike game, so it's kind of randomly generated. A game called Scavengers uh, looks, I don't know, it's uh, being made by a former Halo developer. It looks okay. Uh, Crash Team Racing, one of my favorite. PS1 games. It's getting a remaster. Uh, 
and it's coming out in on June 21st, 2019. Um, it's uh, remastered being handled by Beanox, who, yeah, they did Spider-Man and Call of Duty. Huh. I wonder, I hope that's, hmm. Yeah, Crash Team Racing Nitro Fueled. I hope that ends up being a good remaster because that's a really solid game. I, I think it's almost better than a, uh, than a lot of Mario Karts that came out at the time. But I think Mario Kart 8 and Sonic and Sega All-Stars Racing Transform kind of bumped it back up. Um, so Obsidian, the developers of Fallout New Vegas and Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic 2, some of the most beloved Western RPGs of all time, announced a new game called The Outer Worlds, which I'm going to be... I'm going to be honest with you. This game looks like, hey... What if we made a Fallout game, but it's not Fallout? And uh, the the trailer starts off with uh, from the original developers of Fall of uh, from the developers of the original Fallout uh, Fallout series, and the developers of Fallout New Vegas comes the Outer Worlds, and basically you are exploring on an unknown planet. From the first person perspective, there are dialogue choices, there's shooting, a bunch of stuff you'd see in a Western RPG, and it is a, a Fallout-like game uh, that, yeah, it looks really cool. Um, let's see, Dauntless, coming to PS4 and Xbox One, it looked okay. It's also going to be available on Epic Games' newly announced store. Uh, Monster Hunter-like Dauntless? Wait, what is this game? I need to look at gameplay footage of it. Uh... Oh, this, oh yeah, that, that, it looks pretty bland. I don't know. Uh, the Last Campfire, Hello Games, it's a new project from them. Uh, it's a uh, uh, developer of No Man's Sky, obviously. Um, it looks like a much smaller project than No Man's Sky, so hey, hopefully it'll end up being good. No release date announced. Uh, Anthem... Uh, had like a new trailer and the game's gonna get a demo in around January no wait uh, for those who pre-ordered uh, like a, the special edition and then in February for everyone else Dragon Age 4 was announced it's just a teaser, teaser trailer that's it PUBG is coming to PS4 and it's getting a new map Okay. A game called Ancestors, which uh, my friend made a joke. It looks like the first of us. Yeah, that's a thing that's happening, I guess. Um, it looks kind of interesting. You kind of play as a group of monkeys as you go through and evolve and stuff. Mortal Kombat 11 was announced. Suddenly, the game launches in April. Okay. Uh, Devil May Cry 5 got a demo only on Xbox, so I haven't played it yet, and also got a brand new trailer showing off V's gameplay, and uh, there was an early report that we talked about at one point, where the lead singer of Suicide Silence, who did the, um, they did the uh, vocals for Dante's track, uh, that ended up getting replaced, and it sounds much better. Xbox Winter of Arcade is bringing back uh, this mo this really popular promotional thing, and basically a bunch of 
that says it's a collection of nine handpicked indie game titles releasing throughout December. Okay. Rage 2 got a release date coming out May 14th. Uh, probably the biggest piece of news that came out of this is that we got word of, uh, we got word of the first Smash DLC character. And that is Persona 5's Joker. The main character from Persona 5 is gonna be in Smash Brothers. Now, I love Persona 5. It's on the PS4, you know. Uh, the only Nintendo game his, he's been in is Persona Q2, which just came out in Japan. And I remember we were driving to the midnight launch of Persona 5, and I'm like... I turn to my friend, I'm like, oh my god, you're not going to believe who the first DLC character is. And he's like, who? And it's like, it's Joker from Persona 5, and it's it's crazy. I'm excited to hear Persona music in Smash, and it's like, what does that mean? Like, there's been some speculation uh, from people. I have, I, I know someone who, he knows people that know people that say apparently, hey, the game's coming to the Switch and they've been working on it for a while, and I'm like, I don't know, man. It it would make sense, I guess, for the game to come to the Switch now. And honestly, I kind of hope that it does, because I really like Persona 5. I would totally play through that game again. Totally. Alright, so... Uh, that's kind of it for the announcements. A bunch of stuff, man. Um, they did have some awards. You going to take a look at them. So, I'm going to scroll down to the very bottom. Um, content creator of the year went to Ninja. I, that's not a surprise, honestly. He's, um, like, he's super popular. They had a bunch of eSports stuff, which I do not care about, except the fact that Sonic Fox, who won Dragon Ball, the Dragon Ball Fighters tournament earlier in the year, uh, was named best eSports player. Uh, his... His uh, acceptance speech was very awkward, and um, you can tell that he was so incredibly nervous whenever he went up there. Um, he uh, he said something. That, he said something that's like a hey, and, and you know, guys, as you know, I'm super gay, and I'm also a furry. Uh, basically, everything everything that a Republican hates, and it's and I saw that and I'm like, oh, man, you know. I kind of want to give him a hug. Like, he just seems like such a nice guy. And he was so scared up on that stage. And he looks so nervous. It, sure, it was kind of cringy at times. But, like, man, he... Yeah. He's doing good. Alright. Uh, best esports game went to Overwatch. Whatever. Uh, best debut indie game went to The Messenger. I haven't played that game. I feel like I would really like that. It has a killer soundtrack. Man, I've listened to that before. Uh, best multiplayer game went to Fortnite. I mean, why wouldn't it? Best sports slash racing game went to Forza Horizon 4. I've heard that game's good. I I guess I could play it on PC because it's on the Microsoft Store. Best strategy game is Into the Breach. That game is out on Switch. I should probably play it at some point. Best family game, Overcooked 2. I've heard good things. Best fighting game, Dragon Ball Fighters. Of course it is. Like, if you selected anything else, uh, we would all probably assume that the thing has been rigged. Um, best role-playing game with the Monster Hunter World. Uh, I think... I haven't even played it, but I think it should have gone to Dragon Quest XI. 
Best Action Adventure Game with the God of War. Best Action Game... Uh, action Adventure... Okay, whatever. Best Action Game went to Dead Cells. Totally deserves it. Best VR Game went to Astrobot Rescue Mission. I've heard nothing but good things about that. Uh, best Indie Game went to Celeste. I've heard very good things about that as well. Uh, Games for Impact went to Celeste. Best performance was Roger Clark as Arthur Morgan in Red Dead Redemption 2. I think Yuri Lowenthal was really fantastic as Peter Parker in the Spider-Man game, especially towards the end there. Best audio design went to Red Dead Redemption 2. Okay, sure. Best score slash music went to Red Dead Redemption 2. I straight up think Octopath Traveler should have won that. Octopath Traveler's music is incredible. Uh, Best art direction went to Return of the Obra Dinn. That game has a really interesting art style. Best narrative went to Red Dead Redemption 2. I'm glad it didn't go to Detroit Become Human because they don't deserve that. <laughs> um, best game direction went to God of War. Uh, best ongoing game went to Fortnite, of course. And game of the year went to God of War. Uh, so, it's, I mean, it's some pretty expected stuff, honestly. You know, it's nothing too surprising all around. And, of course, as I said, you might have noticed, wait, hold on, you've gone over an hour. What's going on here? Yeah, that's right. I've gone over an hour because, you know, this is the thing. This is uh, what we're doing today. It's the special last episode of Quick Save. So I'm actually going to steamroll into a little bit of news so I can play some music. Is that Kingdom Hearts 3 got its opening movie trailer. Uh, as the song by uh, uh, Hikaru Utada, who has d- uh, she's done the music for all the games... However, she teamed up with Skrillex, the guy who makes dubstep music, to make this. And it's very... It's... You hear that and you're like, what? What do you mean Skrillex is working on a Kingdom Hearts game? What? But I will say the song called... Face My Fears is pretty good. This is the trailer version of the song, so it's not a full version. We'll be right back.
that was Face My Fears, the new song from uh, Kingdom Hearts theme creator Utada. He, I already, I already lost her name. Whoops. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, coming from uh, Hikaru Utada. That's that's why I couldn't remember it. Um, and Skrillex. All right, sure. So a couple other bit of quick news. Let's bounce through these real quick. Um, Bethesda support site, they leaked Fallout 76 customers' personal information. So that's right, this bag, this bag saga keeps digging, they keep digging themselves deeper. I think they're trying to kill their company. Um, so basically some customers after submitting their tickets reportedly were exposed to other customers' details. And, like, they would, like, get the support, support tickets on their account. And, like, that would come with stuff like, oh, their address, their full name and everything, their credit card info. Uh, apparently, it has been resolved. And it's, like, that's, uh, man, I, are they trying to kill their company? Like, straight up, are they actually trying to just kill their company? Maybe. Anyway. Uh, kind of coming off of that, Nier Automata is getting a Game of the Year edition, which is going to come with um, the enhancements from the Xbox One version, so 4K and HDR, and uh, the DLC. For its release, uh, a director and writer of the game, Yoko Taro, had an, an announcement. He said, Square Enix has asked me to uh, for a comment to mark the announcement of Nier Automata Game of the Yorha edition. Now that you mention it, Nier Automata was first released on February 23rd, 2017 in Japan, March 7th, 2017 in America, and March 10th, 2017 in Europe. I've noticed something bizarre and fascinating about these numbers. If you write the dates out of long form as 20170223, and 20170310, then add all three numbers together, you get... 60510840. If you take that total, split the digits and two down the middle, making 6051 and 0840, then subtract the second number from the first, unbelievably, you get 5211. That's right, a number completely devoid of all meaning, just like life, re really, isn't it? Over and out. I like Yoko Taro a lot, and I thought that was pretty funny. Um, yeah, that seems cool. I guess it's getting that. Yeah, that's all we really. No, uh, I can, this is a developing story, let me pull up my phone real quick. Um, the box art's been revealed. Um, the characters have their blindfolds off. Man, I'll, I'll probably buy this version, I ended up giving away my physical copy to a friend. Oh, here we go, includes DLC, theme, and other content. What does other content mean? So that means it's gonna come with something else? I mean, I'm gonna buy this. It's out. Wait, hold on. Wait, when is it out? February 21st in Japan. That's my birthday. Oh, man. That's a good birthday present. Thank you, Square Enix and Yoko Taro. I'll totally play your game again. I want to, man. Alright. I think that's it. That it? That, uh... Western release info is still to be announced. Okay, this is something that is... Yeah, details in the coming hours. Um, Full list of content. Okay, here we go. 
Nier Automata, the DLC, bonus content, Machine Mask, Grimoire Vice, Cardboard, PS4 Dynamic Theme, Avatar Set. Okay, so it's like, if you pre-order the game, like, I, I pre-ordered the Japanese version of the game uh, di digitally. I got all of that bonus content. Uh, I don't have the American version, though. And a PS4 dynamic theme. Okay, cool. Uh, I'll totally support that game again. I think that game deserves it. Alright. Okay, so enough chit-chatting. Uh, that is it for the news. That is it. That is all I have. So, I think it's time to get into the nitty-gritty, what I'm really here for, the final thing I am going to do with Quick Save. Because it is the end of the year, a lot of places, uh, publications, websites, etc., uh, even content creators on the internet, they tend to do something with video games, and that is create a Game of the Year list, the top 10 games that they have played this year. And so, I think it is time for That's Right, here on Quick Save, Brent Landreth's Top 10 Games of the Year. Yes, that is correct. I am doing a top 10 game of the year list. Uh, kind of right here. I'm not going to do anything else, you know, not like, oh, these have the best music and these have the best this, because I think that that would just take a little too long. So uh, let's try not to go too over time. Um, so, um, yeah, that's right. It is a top 10 game of the year list. Uh, tons of people do this. So I'm like, let's offer my take. Alright, so I'm going to start this off with some honorable mentions uh, to some stuff that unfortunately I uh, either haven't played and I know I would have absolutely loved or I haven't put enough time into. Or um, something that like, uh, li uh, like this first one, a uh, bit different. This one came out this year, however I played it uh, two years ago. It is called uh, Muv Love Alternative. It is a visual novel. Uh, it came out this year on the PlayStation Vita. I supported the Kickstarter to bring this over. I read the fan translation like two and a half years ago. It's really good. It's such a fantastic story. One of my favorite uh, visual novels of all time. That one's really good. Another one is 428 Shibuya Scramble. This is a visual novel uh, that came out earlier in the year that, um, from what I have heard, I would absolutely love it. It, um, it kind of combines... FMV, like real-life actors, with kind of like the traits of a visual novel, like, you know, lots of text and stuff, and it's out on PS4 and Steam, I totally want to play it at some point, uh, I think I might, uh, I don't know, I asked some, I gave some people a Christmas list, and I'm like, oh yeah, maybe people will give this to me, maybe not, who knows, um, and then uh, Yakuza Kiwami 2 and Yakuza 6. I unfortunately didn't get to them this year. Um, I played through Yakuza Kiwami 1. I completely beat that game. I was going to jump into Kiwami 2 before I kind of ended up getting distracted with some stuff. And just kind of getting busy with schoolwork. So unfortunately, 
could not do that one. Uh, Dragon Quest XI, I know for a fact I'm going to end up loving this game. And in fact, uh, you know, I was thinking about like, well, if I get a Steam gift card for Christmas, because I know I probably am, what should I get with it? And I was thinking Hitman 2, but I think I'm going to get Dragon Quest XI. I want to get it on PC because it will have the music mod for or- orchestral music. Uh, and then Ease 8, yeah, sure, the Ease 8 came out last year, but it came out this year on PC. I didn't play that version, but I don't consider that game to be complete without its new localization, the completely new one that came out this year. Yeah, so that right there are uh, some of honorable recommendations, stuff that I unfortunately couldn't get to, uh, or I guess in the case of the first one, something that I've already read. Uh, however, I can say for a fact they would probably have ended up on this list if I would have gotten to them. Just too many, just going through too much stuff right now, you know, school's ending, obviously. So, yeah, couldn't really get to this. Uh, however, let's go and start off with the top 10 game of the year list, starting with number 10, The Missing, J.J. McField and the Island of Memories. Why try? Back in time to when our lives felt most simple. The Missing was a game that I played early in the year. I talked about it on the show, but um, it is a puzzle platformer that is it's it's strange for sure. It is. It kind of has like some weird quirkiness to it, but I think that the story is just it is full of like a heart and message that you don't see that often in games and it also kind of uh, helps that like that message um its message and themes are told poignantly it's done with tact and respect and despite the game's technical shortcomings like sometimes the game doesn't run well i had it crash on me once or twice and the controls don't feel that responsive i think it really makes up for it with its story and writing and its presentation and i think it delivers a story that i would say really matters in the end it really does it's incredible in a lot of ways and it's such i think an important game to come out this year that i'm just so glad to have played it and i'm glad that sweary one of my favorite game creators he's getting to create more games and like games that have these extremely poignant messages i can't wait for the good life and yeah the missing comes with an overwhelming recommendation for me it is 30 dollars on ps4 steam xbox one uh and switch i played it on the switch it is it is a fine game it is definitely worth it coming in at number nine is earlier this year's octopath traveler Octopath Traveler is a, it's a very classic, classic in a way where, you know, it's a very like kind of traditional old JRPG. I did not get the chance to beat it this year. Maybe it would have gone off the list. Maybe it would have gone higher up. 
but from the dozen or so hours that I am in it, it is such a fantastic uh, game. It's so well put together, and you know, it's just it's just really good. It is just a really solid RPG on the Switch. Um, it suffers from like disjointed characters and stories because. Uh, because of like the way how the game is structured and how like all the characters don't really interact and it feels incredibly strange But I think it makes up for that with having some genuinely interesting characters like I'm interested in all of their stories and I'm interested in this world and what's going on and Like just some really solid like music and the, the voice acting that's there like the voice acting is good Despite sometimes the writing maybe not stacking up with as good as it could have been but I think it is just a solid effort from the team that brought the Bravely Default games to us and it is definitely I think worth a look if you have a Nintendo Switch and you're looking for just a solid RPG to play really good stuff and coming in at number eight it is the Tetris Effect The Tetris Effect, or I guess I could dub it Cool Tetris, is... It's a Tetris take by Tetsuya Mizuguchi, the creator of things like Rez and Lumines, some incredible uh, music-based games, I guess you would call them. And, um... It's such a unique take on Tetris, and, you know, yeah, despite, like, yeah, you know, it's just Tetris, but man, is it a good version of Tetris? Combining visual effects and music and like how every like little move of the piece you make it creates like a note in the music or like a little vocal effect and you know like there's a variety of single player challenges and I haven't tried the VR but I'm sure it's gonna end up being incredible. It's just such an impressive game and I think its strongest point is its presentation and how it is just pure Tetris with like this really lifelike, just a uh, lively coat of paint on it that I think really makes a difference and kind of shows like, yeah, this is just a really solid package in general, like such a good game. And I mean, it's Tetris. You can't really go wrong with Tetris. Like if you, you either like Tetris or you hate it. And I can say that if you like Tetris, you should get, check this out because I want to say that this is like an evolution of Tetris. I think that, you know, not so much as like a gameplay standpoint, but from like a presentation and just just feel standpoint, it's such an incredible game. And coming in at number seven is Dead Cells. Dead Cells is an interesting game. Um, it's kind of a game that I've heard about uh, off and on for well over a year. 
because I follow, you know, games journalists and stuff, and the game has been in early access. And I was just super curious about it, and I ended up playing it one day, and I'm like, wow, this is incredible. This thing that, yeah, it's run-based, but I'm not angry at it. I guess I would say. I guess because it's, like, randomly generated and everything, it's... Uh, give it's jiving with me a lot more than Hollow Knight was and you know the whole premise of Dead Cells basically it's like this kind of 2D action platformer game where you kind of just go through runs and keep trying to you know like unlock new weapons unlock new abilities and see how much farther can you get at a time and it's just a really solid game it's it plays solidly I haven't picked it up uh, since June I want to say but I definitely kind of want to get back in there. Like, they just added, like, a Twitch streamer mode where the your chat can vote on what you do and stuff. And it's pretty cool. Uh, it's definitely, like, a landmark action game. And one of the most impressive indie games to come out this year easily tops. One of, if not the best. Coming in at number six is Dragon Ball Fighters. Man, Dragon Ball Fighters is such an interesting game. Um, so it, it it got me to watch Dragon Ball, the uh, Dragon Ball Z to be precise. I haven't watched the original Dragon Ball yet. I'm probably gonna go back and do that. Um, but yeah, it got me to watch Dragon Ball Z, and I'm I love it. I love it a lot, and it's such an easy to get into fighting game that like it was the go-to fighting game for me and my friends for the better part of half a year. You know, like the better part of 2018. This game came out in January, and like just its style and it's like so easy to just pick up and play and I felt like I'm like man I need to maybe start learning how to play fighting games because I really like this game a lot and it's just such an impressive fighting game and sure some of the DLC has been a bit disappointing unfortunately like do we really need another Goku and another Vegeta but they're fun to play and I'm really hoping that their second season pass will bring in even more characters. Like, come on, I want to see Videl. I, I think Videl would make a cool DLC character. And, but they're pro and they're probably going to end up putting in Jiren, I guess, from Dragon Ball Super. I haven't seen Dragon Ball Super, but the guy looks like... Uh, the guy looks freaking stupid. I don't know. It's... But man, like, this is just such a solid fighting game. It looks incredible, running on uh, the tech that Arc System Works used for Guilty Gear. And yeah, it's pick up and play style, and just you know how fun it is to play with friends. It is totally, totally a strong recommend for me. Coming in at number five is Spider Man. Spider-Man is a game that I didn't think I would end up buying, but I kind of in, did like a, this like last-second impulse buy. 
I took all the tip money I made at work, I went down to a Best Buy, bought a PSN card so I could play it at midnight, you know, and just get into it. Or, like, at least have it, like, downloaded and everything. And I was impressed, incredibly impressed. It was, in, you know, Insomniac's take on a Spider-Man game, and while a lot of people, they really like Spider-Man 2, I think a lot of that is just nostalgia, and... You know, Spider-Man PS4, I I think it's how you do a Superman, a Superman, a superhero game right. It has an incredibly well-written story, you know, very likable characters. Like this Peter Parker, he's, he's great. He's such a, he's one of my favorite renditions of the character. And even like coming off of that, you know, you have people like Aunt May, who's really good. Uh, Miles is really good. Um... MJ is okay, I guess. Uh, the main villain is incredibly good, even if some of the side villains are a little bit on the weaker side, you know. And, like, this game isn't without its shortcomings. I think the game, the game's biggest problem is its side activities get incredibly repetitive, and uh, even though they, they try to mix it up, it's like these are more, like, swinging challenges. These are more combat challenges and everything. Uh, at one, at some point, I'm like, I feel like there's a little bit too many of each of these. Like they could have cut back, they could have cut them in half easily. But other than that, like it is such an absolutely solid game, and I think is one of the best games to come out this year. It's definitely worth a lot of the praise that it gets. And coming in at number four is Zone of the Enders, the second runner. Okay, okay, so I don't know if this one exactly counts, right? Because technically this is a PS2 game, but this is a new release that has 4K and HDR and uh, new stuff. It has VR support and stuff, so I don't know. Maybe it's a new game, but uh, Zone of the Enders, the second runner, is forever one of the best mecha action games ever created. Uh, you know, originally a PS2 game. This is probably the version to get. Don't worry about Zone of the Enders 1. It's not important. But it is just such a solid action game with incredible and just an incredible art direction and some really great music. There's not much else I can say because this is just one of the best games ever made easily. If you like mecha and action, I would highly suggest checking this out. Like it is definitely worth it. Coming in at number three is Shadow of the Colossus. skeptical of a Shadow of the Colossus remake because man Shadow of the Colossus one of the best PS2 games I have ever played and it's getting a remake on PS4 seriously I was worried but I say it's probably the best way to play the game you know 
Shadow of the Colossus is one of, I think, the most obvious examples of video games as an art form that people like to refer to. It's such an a solid game, you know, it's like you play as like this guy and he has trying he's trying to resurrect this girl and he has to go kill sixteen monsters across the land and there's no other enemies except for those monsters and so like the trips to them are like slow and quiet. You're only there with your horse and there are some really powerful emotional moments and a lot of it is done through just visual storytelling and through the gameplay mechanics of fighting the colossi and all of that stuff and it is just such a solid uh it's just such a solid thing definitely it's definitely one of my favorite games and coming in at number two super smash brothers ultimate Uh, Super Smash Bros. Ultimate was a game I was really looking forward to. I've already talked about it on this show uh, a little bit. However, it is just... It is finally... It takes what was good about Smash 4, gives it solid single-player content, makes the gameplay even better. It's such just a great game. It is probably the best Smash Brothers game I've ever played and is such a good multiplayer experience. And the single-player stuff is incredibly cool and... I just really, I just really like that single player stuff and how like it recontextualizes a lot of single player challenges in a way that's kind of interesting and provides some really unique fan service. But like I said, I already talked about it enough this show. Yeah, it's fantastic. If you enjoy that game, if you enjoy like the Smash Brothers series, it's wholeheartedly recommended. And now coming in at number one, Xenoblade Chronicles 2. Torna, the Golden Country. Man, Xenoblade 2, one of the best games I played last year, I absolutely loved it. It was the reason I bought a Switch, and when I heard that they were doing story DLC, I'm like, man, really? Story DLC? Okay, sure, and I was like, I'm like I didn't know how exactly how well it was going to go, but then I, I got the story DLC, and I was blown away. Like, I really loved like the cast of characters that was in it despite like someone like Hugo not really offering a lot to the story um I liked the main character Laura and her relationship with Adam the hero and Jin her blade and kind of like how that thing wraps up and it just handles its story incredibly well and just with the you know just really great music and art direction and it's just such a great story, and I don't, I don't think it's exactly standalone. Like, sure, you can buy it standalone on Amazon, but I only would recommend it if you play the original Xenoblade 2. 
like the $30 expansion pass is worth this alone. You also get a bunch of other stuff too. But it is just such a just such a fantastic game and I think it really deserves all the praise that I am giving it. And with that, that is my top 10 games of 2018. So without further ado, this is it. This is the end of Quick Save here on UMKC's student radio station, KRU. I have been your host, Brent Landreth. And if you're interested in KRU, be sure to check out links to join on our site. But yeah, that's it. This is, this is the end of Quick Save. This is the final episode. It has been great. I have loved hosting the show week after week, even if I sometimes missed because of things like the weather or I was sick or like I ended up, uh, what was that? I think I, my tire was flat one day, I guess. Yeah. Uh, I really enjoyed the last six months kind of hosting this stuff, building this out and kind of, you know, having, uh, this, uh, kind it's kind of like a creative outlet, I guess. I've always wanted to do something like a podcast, and this has been the closest uh, that I've gone to. This is probably the farthest I've ever taken something like a podcast, either. It's fantastic. Yeah, so this is the end of Quick Save. It is 2018. Maybe you are listening to this sometime in the future in K. Roo's archives. And if so, well, I hope you enjoyed it. But that, ladies and gentlemen, is it. So I want to thank you all for listening. Have a great night. And take care. The moon is gone, and the night is still so dark. I'm a little bit afraid of tomorrow. For this day was so long and hard for me, and I've lost some of the things. So far, I have trusted. Now I
is gone.